Proverbs chapter 17. Proverbs 17. Now, contrary to this morning, I am not setting an alarm for my last point, brother. All right? So any alarms that go off, they're all on you. They're not on me. If I had a title for this, and I don't, but if I had one, I'd say reflection. Reflection. Proverbs 17, verse 3. The Bible says, The finding pot is for silver, and the furnace for gold. But the Lord trieth the hearts. Short verse, a lot in it. The finding pot is for silver, the furnace for gold. But the Lord trieth the hearts. Let's pray. Father, again, we thank you for the privilege of being in your house today. God, I ask that you would do a great work in our hearts. Lord, you do try them. Lord, may we reap much from your word this night. Help me to be clear. I pray these things in your name. Amen. When Brother Renner got to his third point about suffer, I thought, oh man, I sure hope he doesn't. And then that buzzer went off and it was, I said, okay, I'm safe. I think we'll be all right. Because I thought he was going to go all over what I was going for today. I don't suppose that any of us look forward to difficulties in life. If you do, you have a, a problem. We don't, we don't get, oh man, wonderful, I've got this problem. We don't do that. As a matter of fact, very often, if we're honest with each other, we do quite the opposite. We get very upset. We, we, we express that upset. We, we uh, can I say, we get angry at times because we don't like how things are going. We don't, we don't like to have to go through difficulties. And yet... Difficulties are one of the greatest things that can help us because they help us to grow. I think a lot of society today doesn't want their ch children to go through difficulties because, because they don't want to watch them have to, to struggle through those things. And yet, it's one of the best things for them is to go through difficulties. But think of ourselves. When we go through difficulties, we don't, we don't like it, but yet... It's what takes us to the next level of our lives, so to speak. If I said to you tonight that uh, next year's basketball team for the high school is not going to do any strenuous exercise, they were not going to run any of those uh, up and downs on the basketball court, Brother Renner, we're, we're not going to do any of that you would say, well, that's ridiculous. They're not going to get better that way. And you'd be right. And by the way, young people, we are going to do all those things. <laughs> we need training. We need, we need to build our lives. But I'd ask this, what about us in general? If we're going to be better at any aspect of life, we have to encounter difficulties. We need to, to know not only how to handle the situation, but we must keep our focus on what God is doing in our lives and not be frustrated by what we think are unfair realities. Let me give you a picture of what I'm talking about. William Carey, that missionary pioneer in India, 
His supporters in England sent him a printer to assist him. I think I better clarify that. It wasn't a computer printer. It was another man to come with him. And soon the two men were turning out portions of the Bible for distribution. And Carey had spent many years learning the language so he could produce the scriptures in a local dialect. He'd prepared dictionaries to, for the, his successors to use because he, he knew people were going to follow him and, and he wanted to provide them with all the tools they could to better the work. Ah, but one day, while Carrie was away, a fire broke out and completely destroyed the building, completely destroyed the presses they had made, destroyed the Bibles that he had translated and the precious manuscripts, and the dictionaries, and all was destroyed. Let me ask you, what would you do? What would you do when your life's work is now gone? Well, I fear some of us would just go, forget it. Can't, I mean, what, what a waste. Something to be said to keep going. Keep going. When I was 12, I know that's 100 years ago, my house burned down, dead of winter, nothing left. That was in February. What, what we managed to get out of the house, which was very little, next to nothing, we put in the barn. That was April of that year. Guess what happened? Another fire. Barn burned. Those few things that we had, gone. History. Dust. Ashes. Tough time for my family because you lost a lot of stuff. If you're a farmer and you have all your equipment in the barn, you don't have any equipment. Life's rough. August, that same year, we had a dairy barn. Guess what happened? Another fire. Now everything is gone. Except the cows. We have the cows. Just no place to milk them. Fortunately, we had a neighbor a mile up the road. He said, well, bring them up there. I'll, we'll milk them. And that worked for a while. But I, I'm just telling you, it was tough. Because it was difficulties and, and there was nothing left. I remember my dad gathering us around. <clears throat> he said, what are we going to do? My brother next to me says, build another one. <laughs> I can't do that tomorrow. We can start tomorrow. He's had a different aspect on life where it was going to be keep going, keep going. Carrie had lost everything. And when he was told of this loss, he, 
He showed no sign of despair or impatience. What he did do is this. He knelt and he thanked God that he still had the strength to do the work over again. He started immediately and not wasting a moment in self-pity. Before his death, he had duplicated and even improved on his earlier achievements. Was that you? When difficulties happen, when things don't go as you would hope, that you, you can turn that and just keep on going? I hope so. The Bible gives us a picture here of a fining pot and a furnace. And, and my thought is this. I want to see us in comparison to how refining takes place. There's purpose to refining. Refining would either be done through the use of a fining pot or a furnace of fires. It's described in this, this verse. The fining pot was a large hole in the earth where fire would be made and the uh, ore would get hot. The furnace is an oven-type kiln, and there the refining would take place. In either case, it would contain a fire that was heated very hot for the purpose of melting down the silver or the gold into liquid. And as the metal became liquid, the impurities or dross would float to the top. And the refiner, in turn, would remove the dross at the very right moment, resulting in a metal that would be pure. And the metal would be the, the purest and the most precious possible. And this made that metal valuable. And the purpose of the refining was, was to have the purest and most valuable metal possible. You know, God loves you. And God puts you through the fire. So you know that very dearly. You've been through some of those fires. But God, in dealing with his creation, meaning us, he has purpose in that process of refining. He's seeking to do that which the fire does to metals. The Lord does for men's hearts. You see, God purifies our heart from the dross or sin. He wants us to be free of sin. And so we face difficulties in order that he might, we might be more dependent upon him. Second, he also brings forth uh, the good that is in the person. He's seeking uh, to get only the, the good remaining and all those sins, those infirmities removed. But this is a tedious process. As you can imagine, uh, the, the, the process here pictured in the, in the scriptures, uh, that, that, that fire had to be really heated hot. There had to be a lot behind it. Well, in our lives... It's a tedious process also. You see, for some of us, hang on to the sin that God's trying to get out. Because we tend to like the sin more than we like being pure, as God wants us to be pure. Shameful me, huh? You know, for others, there might be very little motivation to become pure. But God wants you pure. God wants us purged from earthly infirmities. In other words, he wants us to get rid of our weaknesses, those, those things in there that can mar us. And he wants us strong, and he wants us pure. And God's process is the application of sorrow and sickness and temptation. 
much of what we despise when we're going through such. Once we face each of these, our, our soul may emerge from the trial as pure gold, fit for the master's use. But remember, God wants us to be pure for his use. And I think a lot of times as believers, we say, well, this is what I am, and God's got to have to get used to it. And I don't think you say that verbally, so I hope you don't. But sometimes I think we act like that. Our attitude is God's going to have to get used to it because this is who I am. And oh no, he doesn't have to get used to it. We've got to fix it. James chapter 1 verse 2 says this, Count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. <laughs> I'm going to stop there. But, but God has purpose for what he allows in our lives. And each of us has things happening, but they're happening for a purpose. So, we understand that his purpose, uh, that God has purpose for our situations in our lives, but what's the process? Well, it's purging. When that metal ore is, is mined, it's dug out of the earth, and it's unusable in the ore state. And so, the process of refining was necessary to reveal the impurities in the metal. These impurities needed to be identified before the metal could be used for a special purpose or, or as a currency. And sometimes the intense heat would burn away some of the impurities. But in most situations, the dross floats to the top. And then at the very right moment, it's taken away. And the purging could only occur after that metal had been placed in the finding pot or the furnace that had been heated to a very high heat. You and I undergo some very difficult or heated situations in our lives. Those situations we often face are part of that refining process God has to make us better. He's seeking to, to make us better by being refined, yet none of us enjoy that process of going through the fire, so to speak. So, there is purpose for what comes along in our lives, and I guess I'd ask this question, are you dependent on God and communing with him about every event in your life? You see, there is a process involved which we may not enjoy, but it is part of God making us better or more pure, or if we wanted to say it this way, fit for the master's use. You know a guy in the Bible that went through a lot, do you not? How about Job? <laughs> did he go through it? Yes, he did. Lost everything. And he said this. Job 23.10, But he knoweth the way that I take, and when he hath tried me, I shall come forth as gold. Well, how could he say that? Because he communed with God. Yeah, there's also a product in, our, in the refining process. You see, refining produced the purest gold and silver. And this gold and silver would be a very precious commodity for use. It was the best metal for jewelry, ornaments, vessels, currency. It was, it was a trusted metal. As a matter of fact, it was a circulated metal. It was the best metal ever. There's no substitute for the refining process or, or refined metal. 
You see, without the fiery process for burning and exposing the dross, the silver and gold was considered untested and unreliable. The most precious metal is always that which has gone through the fire. Well, how would they know if they have the most pure metal, you would ask? And let me answer that for you. The refiner was only satisfied with the product when he could see the reflection of his face in the metal. Let me read that again. The refiner was only satisfied when he, with the product when he could see the reflection of his face in the metal. Remember that difficulty I talk, talked about at the start? And how you would react, what you would do? Whose reflection was being seen? Hmm. Isaiah 48.10 Behold, I have refined thee, but not with silver. I have chosen thee in the furnace of affliction. Oh, isn't that amazing how God puts that together, huh? So which brings me to this thought. God is only satisfied with the trials that he places in our lives when he sees his reflection in our life. Is that what God sees when he looks at you and the difficulties you've gone through? Does he see himself reflected in you? Or does he see that ugly devil reflected? I fear too often he doesn't see himself in us. And folks, I think we need to fix that. Maybe you don't. I need to fix that. Because I'm, I'm not real good at reflecting God. Because my flesh gets in the way. We've seen there's a purpose. We've seen there's a process. We've seen there's a product. But let's look at the principle of refining. It's a process that is a picture of how the Lord works in our hearts and lives in order to produce the best Christians. He longs for us to become all that we can possibly be for Him. And because He loves us so much, God has to place us in the furnace of affliction and trial to re- re- reveal the impurities that are beneath our surface. Ah, but we don't like that process of purifying. But remember, God's goal is to make us better. Those impurities, they can only be revealed when there is fire. And so often we fail to see the impurities within our, in our lives. But under the magnitude of fire, or problems if you want to call it that, it gets revealed and hopefully it gets removed from our lives. Once those impurities are revealed, they have to be removed. But there's a choice on our part. That refiner, he didn't have to take that dross off, but he had to remember his process. 
I heat this thing to get it so hot to get that stuff out of there so that I can see myself. Likewise, it should be for us that we get rid of those impurities. Do we do what we do or what we should do or do we hold on to our old ways? Are you choosing to keep the impurities or are you removing them? You see, this is how God tries our hearts. The refining process will bring a process that will result in humility, tears, hurting, and losses. It sounds like it's painful, and frankly, it is. But when we go through the pain, and God looks at us, and He sees His reflection. He says, ah, that's wonderful. Did you catch it? God's looking at you, folks. The difficulties that are coming into your life or you have faced in your life, and he's looking on you and he's wanting to see his reflection. But if he's not seeing his reflection, he says, I got to put him through some more. I gotta get that thing hotter. I gotta get them to get this stuff out of there. And unfortunately, sometimes we can be so stubborn that we won't let them take the dross out. <laughs> Hard to picture that in your mind's eye, but but that'd be like us. Uh, we're in that pot, so to speak, and and he's getting ready to move that, and we grab that that spatula or whatever he's got and say, "No, don't do that. Don't take it out." That'd be silly. But that's what he hopes for. He hopes he can get it out. I'd ask you to remember one thing. The purest Christians are those who have gone through the fire. We can, we can take you to numerous missionaries and their life stories about pain and suffering and, and reveal a person walking with God and these more often than not have a rich testimony of walking with God. They're reflecting what God has done in their lives and, and there's a true joy within them. William Carey, who we started with, what did God see after everything burned? After it was all gone? I think God saw a reflection of himself. There's a man that's going to do do what he's supposed to do. He's going to start all over. It's going to be even better than it was before. It would have been easy for William Carey just to say enough's enough. When everything was lost, he, all he had worked for for years and it was gone, he, he could say, okay, I'm done. But Carey chose otherwise. And you know many other stories likewise. Carey chose to depend on God. He knew in his heart and in his mind that this did not happen as a surprise to God. God did it. And therefore, he was a person of character who acknowledged the Lord and started anew. You see, the strongest Christians are those who have gone through the fire. Difficult times. God, you know. 
God, you, you know what I'm facing. You know the difficulties. Or I can just say, it doesn't matter what he thinks. Hope you don't. The most faithful, most reliable Christians are those who have gone through the fire. And by the way, there's no Christian who is greatly used of God who has not gone through the fire. So some questions for you. Did you go through the fire yet? Have you faced the difficulties of life? And the bigger question, did God see his reflection in your life when you went through it? Or did he see that ugly devil when he looked down saying, yeah, I did this for a reason. I'm trying to help you. you know, it's kind of like the classroom. The teacher gives an assignment. And it's not for punishment. It's to make them better. Uh, but so often moms and dads say, well, that's, that's just too hard of an assignment. We've got to see the reflection, folks. It's got to be there. Are you helping your children see God very real? My dad wasn't the most spiritual person at that time when we lost everything. But I do think in that moment on the backyard of my grandma's house, when we're all sitting on the ground because there was nothing else to do, but there was nothing left to sit on, he depended upon God. I think that moment truly got him to where he thought, I can't do any of this. God, what are we going to do? And I would say that to you tonight. Will you look to God? He's trying your heart. And that's what that says there. That the Lord trieth the hearts. And that trieth literally means through the fining pot or the furnace, both. He's trying to get you to be pure, to get that sin out of your life so that he can look at you and see his reflection. I would remind you, if you are going through a fiery trial, remember that God's allowing this in your life to purge away the dross that is polluting your effectiveness for him. Count it all joy for whatever trial that he's allowed. Rejoice that you will come forth as gold. Rejoice that God loves you. And God's doing something great in you. <laughs> Spurgeon said this, and I'll close. Fiery trials make golden Christians. God wants us to be better people. God wants Heritage Baptist Church to be a stronger people, stronger for him. 
reaching this world because our time is short. God wants to look on your life and my life and see his reflection. Question, does he see it? Does he see his reflection in you? Let's pray. Father, thank you. Thank you for the difficulties. <laughs> Not real good at coming to you and saying thank you for those. But they're, they're good for us. Makes us better people. And God, too often, too often, we don't see your reflection when we're going through that. You don't, see, you don't see it in us because we're so built on our flesh and our, our human power and we just kind of disregard you. God, forgive us for that. And may we, going forward, may we be pleasing in your sight, knowing that everything that happens in our lives is not a mistake, it's something you designed It'll change our perspective. It'll help us. Jan's going to play through a verse or song. If you felt led, need to come up and deal with things, come ahead. The altar's open.